Hello everyone and welcome back to Latter-day Takes. You can probably notice I'm a little under the weather these days, but no worries, still powering through. It's good to be back this year. On today's episode, Brian Harper is in studio with us and he and I go through kind of the first segment together, just kind of shooting the breeze back and forth, coming up with different topics here and there. And then we do round it out at the end with a spiritual discussion having to do with his talk in sacrament that he gave just a few weeks ago so we go through that the audio i was thinking about imposing and like inputting the audio directly into this but it actually turned out to be roughly the same so i just kept it in how we did it and i just made it a little easier for editing purposes anyway hope you all are doing well we love you all um like i said good to be back we'll be back next week as well and uh let us know what you think of the new format hopefully it resonates hopefully you all like it uh, it's pretty pretty straightforward podcast today, but for the most part, this will be the new format from what I understand. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a great new start to the year, and if you guys ever have any questions, concerns, comments, or anything, always, always feel free to reach out. We'll uh, catch y'all on the other side. Before we get started on the podcast, I do want to give a shout out to a sponsor, uh, Odyssey Snacks. We're back at it, guys. These these protein bars, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you are amazing. Now, you have six flavors to choose from. It's Odyssey Snacks. You can find these on odysseysnacks.com. You can also find these on Amazon. Now, if you go to odysseysnacks.com and type in my promo code, HARPY10, you'll actually get 10% off. So who doesn't love that? But let me tell you, we have mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter chocolate chip, dark chocolate almond, vanilla blueberry, mocha chocolate crisp, and my personal favorite, banana chocolate chip peanut butter. The consistency of these bars is amazing. The taste of all of these, I've had them all, is amazing. I promise you, I'm not just kidding. And I've had a lot of protein bars in my life. I like the Fit Crunch one. I like the G2G. But these are honestly better. The macros are amazing. And they actually make you feel pretty energized. Like you can hit the gym pretty hard with these. I would know, guys, not because I'm a total meathead, but maybe because I'm a little bit of a meathead. I fasted for three days, and then I was, cra- I, no joke, I was craving these bars. Maybe I'll tell you guys more about that at another time, but I literally did not eat any calories for almost an, exactly 72 hours straight. I made it 66. That wasn't because I couldn't make it to 72. That was just because I figured I was doing a measurement, and I was like, oh, I was done. Might as well eat. Anyway. I craved these bars because they taste delicious, great on the macros. Check them out. You will not regret it. OdysseySnacks.com slash Harpy10. We'll take you right there to the discount page, or you can enter it in the checkout as a promo code, H-A-R-P-E-Y-1-0, and you get 10% off. Would make a great Christmas gift. Would make a great snack to go to the gym, traveling, whatever you see fit. Anyway, enjoy it, guys. Check it out. Love you all. Catch you later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. 
Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. Well, we're rolling, man. Back at it. I'm back. He's back. <laughs> what, uh... Why don't you introduce us? Because this is a more permanent fixture now. So let's see what you got. Really? Yeah. Put me on the spot. Uh huh. All right. The Harper and Harper connection. Latter day takes. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, going to try and make this a little bit more. Uh, more. What am I thinking of? Permanent. Yeah. Right? But more. Not going to try. Know. We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. Great. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also in person as well. Oh, well, that right. part's going to be harder. I mean, we yeah. are going to have to do some over because obviously you right. live in a freaking different state. You love that state. I do love that state. Okay, good. Yeah, I do. Like, like we talked about the other day, born in Vegas, raised in Utah. That's right. Okay. I have mixed feelings about that. but <laughs> I mean, I just certainly wasn't raised in Vegas. I wasn't. Like, I didn't even go to middle school until I was in Utah. Yeah, but you got your roots there, you know? Big you got, time. You got your foundation Some there. Some thick roots, dude. Yeah, they are. They're the type they, of roots that are, they, like, really hard to pull under that Nevada desert sun. Yeah. The type that you can only get, pop the top off, and you're like, we that thing's growing back for sure. We don't have surface roots here. Yeah, none We're of that. deep in there. Deep in it, dude. I'm like morning glory, dude. I'm coming back <laughs> every freaking, every time. You're you a weed. Yeah. You think, you, think I'm, uh, you think I'm gone? I ain't gone. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but well, no. Yeah. So we uh, we got some good stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. We got a whole agenda, man. This is going to yeah. be good. I like this. I like I like the stuff that we came up with. One thing that I wanted to start out, start out throwing your way, man. I had a weird freaking experience going to the gym the other day. I've been looking forward to this story. Yeah. This is a few weeks ago. So um, I was walking up and I, I try to be courteous courteous on a general level out in public, you know, open doors for people, things like that. And I beat this guy to the entrance. I opened the door for him and he was probably 10 to 15 feet out still. Oh, you committed that far? No, that's not that far. 10 to 15 is actually close ish. Right. right? You know, I mean, we're talking a basketball hoop away, you know, <laughs> For the free throw line. Yeah. So it's not it's not bad. <laughs> not, not from inside the key. Wait, isn't the free throw 15 footer? Isn't that a 15 footer? Yeah. So like that's the, the longest way it is is, okay. is a free throw. Yeah. That's not that long, right. right? Dude, as soon as I did, he beelines it to the other side. So there's two different entrances. He He doesn't let me open the door for him. He goes to the other door. And then here's the thing where I knew it was weird, that it wasn't just like he thought I was going to cut him off, so he went to the other one. No, like there was another dude that was opening the door for him because it's a breezeway. So you have a right. second door, set of doors that like had the door open for him on that side. And he beelined it to my back to my side. And, and oh, just so he could open the door himself. Dude, I kid you not. I promise you that's exactly what happened. Now, I don't want to get like too deep into the weeds of this, he may or may not have been from this country. That's okay. all I'm going to say about that. 
And so I, I wonder how much of it was cultural. Yeah, maybe. I was super weirded out by it, though, dude. I was like, either this guy wants to kill me or he... He just doesn't... I mean, dude, honestly, maybe he's just like... Maybe it's pandemic related. Maybe he didn't want to go near somebody and because he just still doesn't feel safe. He was in the close quarters of a gym. Okay, I'm I actually saying. saw him working out later. Don't play devil's advocate. This guy was I'm weird. Just saying, I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm just giving, like, I'm telling you what could be facts-wise. It's, I guess it's possible. That's not but... even benefit of the doubt either. That, that's like <laughs> real facts, real life right now. Yeah, but that's, that's a stretch for this context. Did he have you... a mask on? No, no mask. He, had, he was he wearing a tank on? top. He was even more exposed than I was. Do you have gloves on? Because I don't wear tank tops at the gym. <laughs> no, actually, I did, I've made a point to try not to, and I don't, I'm sure it's not going to be 100%, but I like legit. Anyway. I'm not a I'm not a tank top guy at the gym. It's really weird. But what'd the, you ask? Back to the story. Yeah, what'd you ask? <laughs> I didn't ask anything. I, well, I asked if he had gloves on, but yeah, no gloves. Come on, man. No workout gloves. No workout gloves. <laughs> what about a weight belt? No, no weight belt. Yeah, if he <laughs> had a weight, weight, if he had a weight belt, though, I could see you. I could see the COVID thing being an issue for sure. <laughs> like, maybe you're right. <laughs> I was trying to figure out something that yeah. he had on. No, nah, dude, it was weird. And I think it was cultural. Okay. And he just had a look of like, he just looked pissed all the time. It was perpetual because I saw him later working out. Well, maybe he just has resting bitch face. All right, dude, you're playing devil's advocate now and I'm, I'm over this. I'm, that's, that was benefit of the doubt though. <laughs> he, had, he has resting bitch face. That's possible. The male equivalent of that or whatever. It's still resting bitch face. It is? Yeah, 100%. I thought the RBF thing was like primarily for women. Or maybe that's misogynist. Uh, yeah, like no, come on, bad. Dude. Yeah, don't. I've don't, been told I have that. that. Hate. What's that? Don't spread that hate. Yeah, my bad. I've been told I have that. By the way, R- what's RBF? Yeah, equal rights. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Everybody can have it. Yeah. Okay. I sometimes have it. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm just like, like Brian, are you mad? No, I am now because you asked me that. So yeah, right, dude. <laughs> So true. It's like, what are you mad? It's I hate it when they ask you, like, what are you mad about? And you're like, I'm not. Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> Who said I was mad? It's like, you look mad. It's like, okay, just because I look mad doesn't mean I'm mad. Right. That's what I'm saying. And now I'm mad. <laughs> right. Exactly. See? So, resting bitch face. Yeah. Yeah. You okay? Look at us. All right. Resting well, pissed face. Maybe we should change the podcast name to resting bitch faces. <laughs> Talking about our faces. <laughs> no, that, that may not no, work. Hard pass. Yeah. Well, what do we got next, dude? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, earlier in the week, so this is today. Today's Friday. Yeah. Right? Well, so a little. This isn't little, coming uh, out till later. Year so end, Sorry about that. Know, year end. Your our week end recap. Right? Yeah. We've got a. Uh, Cam Rising's back. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. You know. I know. It's the whole you know go Utes thing. But and who's who's that again? Who's Cam Rising? He's the quarterback of the Utah University. Oh, weird. Yeah, University of Utah. Forgot Utes. The forgot who that was. I don't know if I can use that. I might have to pay Ohio State for using the right there. The yeah, they're not they have, the. They have the. They have a trademark though. The so. University of Utah. Yeah, um, but no, Cam Rising's back, and I felt bad for him, dude. I really did because. The dude gets him back, gets Utah back to the Rose Bowl, right? Last year, he gets hurt, right? Couldn't finish the game. 
They end up losing to Ohio State. And he, this year, gets hurt in the first half. Doesn't what, come back out. At what point did he get hurt last year? You remember? Fourth quarter-ish. Oh, so yeah, it was... It was yeah, it was it was pressure time too because they were actually driving on uh, at the at that point. Were they down when he went out? They were down because they were winning almost that entire game, if I yes. remember right. Yeah, yeah. And either they were down or they are just barely ahead, getting ready to go up. Yeah. I think they're on the thirty yard line somewhere in there, um, and then end up getting hurt and couldn't finish the game last year against Ohio State, and then this year gets hurt before halftime, doesn't come out at halftime, and Utah is just not the same team. So it, yeah, there's yeah. I'm uh, I'm happy for all the Utes fans out there, especially one in particular, because you know we get another year of him. That's and our. I think uh, it'll be uh, it'll be good for for Utah. And he is our boy. He's our uh, he's our common thread. He's he is he's the glue. He's our common denominator. That's right. There you go, Mr. Sato. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Like I obviously I I still don't cheer for the Utes. I don't. But I know. Um. I am happy for my friends that cheer for the Utes when the Utes do well. I am like it's like I can look at Sato and I can look at John and I'm gonna be like, "Good for you guys." And vice versa, we're not BYU fans. So fun well, fact, you're not a Ute fan either, though. Like mm, you are, mm, you are. I am more than a BYU fan. Oh gosh, man, what's wrong with you? My and your brother f- is on record for saying "f BYU." Yeah, that's your brother, dude. Yeah, but you know, guilty by association. Yeah, actually. How are we even friends? <laughs> because we look past our fandom. And yeah. no, I'm a Gamecock through and through, right? Yeah, I get but that. But me and Casey have known each other for... You won a national championship with South Carolina. Years. That's like That runs deep, dude. Yeah. That runs deep. But yeah, okay. But it, I support yeah. you. I appreciate it. And I don't mean to bring this up, but... Oh, God, there we go. <laughs> what happened last night? Oh, gosh, Up yeah. Up four with a minute left. BYU-Gonzaga, by the way, everybody, just to, you know. Yeah, had so. A, had a one number, no, what were they, number eight, two? Number eight. eight. Oh, they're eight? Yeah, oh, they're geez, eight. That, they lost, oh, they you lost know what it was? three losses this season. It was the highlight from the year before when it was 23 versus two. That wasn't that wasn't last year. Two years ago. No, it was uh, pre-COVID. Ago. I was at that game. Five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it was uh it was 2020 so it was 3 years ago. Okay. It was right at like it was literally like just a, a week or two. No, yeah. it wasn't January cuz it was like it was, was it February. It was like February, yeah, end of February oh, wow. I think. And I was at this game and we were pumped cuz we we're like we just beat number 2 Zaga. We're going into we're going to be going into the WCC tourney and we get some momentum going into the actual tournament and we had a great team. And Mark Pope was just doing great things as the coach. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And that was like that BYU game took place maybe a week or two before the big Rudy Gobert thing with the NBA. Oh, like, yeah. The complete panic. The day the world right. stood still. Yeah. Like it was crazy because, yeah, we were really pumped on that. I was at that BYU-Gonzaga game. And I remember hearing later like, oh, apparently somebody had COVID at the game. Like that was the world we were living in yeah. at the time because it was a jam-packed game. And we're like, oh, freak, maybe we got COVID. And we were still relatively unknown. Had you told me at the time, I would then go on to get COVID two different times in my life and be rel- relatively just fine. Then I would have been like, what the hell are we doing here? Why isn't BYU playing in the, in the tourney? But I don't make these decisions. Hindsight, hindsight 2020. Exactly. Of 2020. Yeah. 
But last <laughs> night, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty of twenty twenty. That's good, dude. Man, if we the the hindsight twenty twenty that we should yeah. have had for twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we all got it. We all Hopefully. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um But yeah, so last night we had a minute left, up four, BYU. Gonzaga's fouling at the point. Yeah. They had to foul. It was freaking BYU was up. They were up two with less than 30 seconds left. So they had the shot clock. But the the turnover started that. That's what I was getting at. Is that turnover? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, so BYU is notorious. Like they're. They're breaking down the full court press is like one of BYU's biggest weak points. Yeah. They're so bad. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. And and that was all just like in full display. Gonzaga's like, we're going to get the ball back. We just know it. So we yeah. will. Let's do it. So they did and get a two immediately. So their four point lead goes down to two like right. that. But BYU is able to stave them off for like the next 15, 20 seconds. I think BYU doesn't score in their possession, mm-hmm. but Gonzaga didn't score in theirs. So BYU got the ball back with less than 30. So it was like 29 seconds. They have the shot clock and a two-point lead. And you're kind of thinking, okay, who who doesn't win in this scenario? Right. And, or you know what? We must have been up by one at that point because a guy of ours got fouled and he hit the first free throw. Right. Yeah, they're so still we're fouling up two, at that point. But he missed the second. It's about 20-ish seconds left at this point. And then big three. I knew he was going to go for the three, too. Yeah. I, I was like, Gonzaga's down one. two with about... 20 seconds left. They're bringing the ball down the court. And I was like, they're going to go for the win. Like, they're going to. It's Gonzaga. That's what they do. And they've got shooters that hadn't been shooting well that game. But they're like, who cares? This is when we make it and prove everybody that we're Gonzaga. Comes, dude doesn't even hesitate. Just pulls up from oh, yeah. three feet beyond. Nails it. In transition. It. In transition. Yeah. No, like, arch, anyway. And I just knew. And, and at that point, I'm kind of like, it's... BYU is who I thought they were. Like they, they kind of play to the level of their opponent this year. That's kind of their, that's their thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, a home game against Gonzaga, in hindsight, it's actually not crazy to think that they were able to take them down to the wire like that. It is a little bit crazy to think that they had a ten point lead with five minutes left. Yeah. Even looking back at that, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were rolling. They were rolling, man. They were hitting big shots. I turned it on. Beginning of the second half, got home, just turned the TV on. And, and that was when Gonzaga was kind of looking like they're probably going to pull away at this point because they had like a four right. or five point lead at halftime. Yeah. And then BYU comes back, tie it up, and takes takes the lead for all of like two seconds. Gonzaga runs back, score, uh, I think hit a three ball, go it back uh, up by two, and then BYU just went on a roll. I was yeah. like, okay. He's like, all right, well, got something to talk about. Got something to talk about. That's why I was watching it. Mm. Didn't choose to watch it but i was like you know what i'll be a friend of a friend that likes these cougars what a guy from the y what a guy yeah it was tough for me but you know what i'm such a good friend yeah <laughs> well is ho- hopefully you're not making your brother mad by <laughs> semi supporting byu through all this no i'm supporting my friends okay there you go there's the caveat we're looking for all right so this is the other big one mm-hmm in the world of, we want to stay in Utah before we go interna- intercontinental r- across the country. Taboo, not intercontinental. Taboo uh, or not taboo? Interstate. Taboo or not taboo is the question. Okay. So you're referring to the uh, Donovan the Mitchell 
returning yeah. to now uh, Rudy has already come back. Go bear. Has he? With Minnesota. He came back December tenth, I want to say. I thought they played him at Minnesota. I thought they were here. Were they here? I thought they were. You might be right. So I don't remember seeing anything about Rudy coming back. There's no way they would have booed Rudy. Okay. There's, I knew that from the beginning. That right. one was obvious. The question mark was Donovan. That right. one was the one that was like, well, I wasn't sure. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't like Donovan. I thought the way, like, obviously we traded him, which makes this whole, that, that's what's the interest. That's the interesting part of this, right? Who got booed? Hayward got booed nasty. Besides Jimmer, every time he steps foot in Vivint Arena, which maybe he's never stepped foot in Vivint. I don't know if he's ever been in the NBA since it's been Vivint Arena. Wait, whenever Energy Solutions. Whenever he was, so he Jimmer played it in against in Sacramento. Utah. Yeah, he right. played against. He played at Utah like two or three times in his career, at least twice. I know for sure. And he got booed every time. Oh, dude, Jazz fans hate him. Why the non BYU ones? Because they're all Utes. They freaking hate him still. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Dude, that's... he was he was their daddy. That's why. He owned the University of Utah. <laughs> and I, I don't say that in a way. I don't say that. I'm, not, I'm honestly not talking trash, dude. Every Utah fan knows that. Whether or not they're going to admit it is different. Sato? Sato would admit it, dude. Okay. Jimmer owned the University of Utah. Okay. So that's not even that crazy. But... I think that's what it is. It's the residual effects of that. Granted, also compounded with the fact that it's their rival. Gotcha. Like, okay. I mean, Jimmer Mania was fantastic for the state of Utah besides those that were Utah fans. They must have hated that because the dude was on ESPN every other night during well, that I time. Well, I mean, would you relate that to Zach Wilson, the way he was playing last year for the Jets, right? Like, I'm sure the Utah Utes fans were probably booing the Jets as well, right? Honestly, probably not as not as uh, intense. I don't know if there's a, like, that's a name. obviously with no NFL team here Award. in Salt Lake. I get that. But, no, yeah. So that, that's a big part of it, I think. Because I don't know if people were like actively cheering against Jimmer when he wasn't playing the Jazz that were fans of Utah, right? right? And maybe they, like, in the background they were. But I think ultimately it's just kind of a whatever. However, the other side of that, though, is that Zach Wilson never beat Utah. Ooh, yeah. And I don't. I think kind of they're like whatever. Zach Wilson's overrated. He sucks. I hate him. It's like okay, cool. And it's funny. At, at some point, we should probably have Sato on to talk like because I've asked him this before. We've talked about this. I'll moderate. Yeah, and talk about which which athlete we love from the others' school. Ooh. He and I have already kind of had this conversation. I like that. Spoiler alert for me. It's like zero question. Eric Weddle. Okay. Well, that's. Casey's favorite player. What again? Time Ute, good for him. Time. I mean, yeah. he's my favorite Ute. Well, him and Kuz. I, I know Kuz is his basketball oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. And then Weddles is, is, well, he likes Covey too. Yeah. Covey's so, an easy one to like too. I, yeah. I, I, I would point to Covey from so my like, end. If, if I were going to pick Sato's top three, it'd be Weddle, Kuz, and then Covey. So I would say those would be. His top you know three. who he picks for BYU? Um, uh, Steve Young. No. I don't <laughs> I don't think he cares at all about Steve Young. Oh, the other quarterback for the Bears. What was his name? Uh Jim McMahon. Yeah, there you no. go. Jim McMahon. I think to give you a little to give you a hint, it's nobody that he was never like that he wouldn't have personally witnessed. Okay. It's somebody that he did personally witness. Gotcha. Who's that? Jamal Williams. Oh, okay. He loves Jamal. 
Okay. He thinks Jamal is like freaking awesome. Dope. And like, he's not wrong. Like Jamal's, he's a great ambassador for BYU. Just like he's a very likable guy. Right. And I say ambassador for BYU. I don't think he's like actively stumping for BYU, but he's just like as a pseudo representative because right. he played there and he loves BYU still. Like he's, yeah. he's still engaged with all that. But anyway, so we don't want to get too much into this, but. But back to the question. Yeah. Boo or not to boo. You have already gone on record with me. <laughs> with you, but that's not on record. Dude, that's go, not that's off the record, dude. go on record now? <laughs> yeah, if you so, were at the game, what would you have done? I wouldn't. So I don't boo anybody. I don't. Don't give me that look. I don't, dude. I legitimately am not one to stand up and be like, boo. <laughs> I think that's, I think you've become like a caricature at that point. Boo that man. Yeah, exactly. Boo him. Like, I cannot bring myself to do that. Now, what am I feeling in that moment? Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling like booing. And, and, and yeah. I would have felt like booing Donovan. I wouldn't have done it just because I don't do that. But I didn't like the way Don, Donovan was traded, which is a huge part of this. As I was saying kind of earlier, I referenced right. that. But he hated Utah, it seemed like. He, he was always stirring the pot, whether it was from a social side of things or whether it was even a team side of things. Right. Like, it's just like there was never anything that he was saying that was didn't seem like he wasn't just trying to like shine the light on some sort of freaking woke this, that, or the other. And then his whole falling out with Rudy Gobert really hurt team chemistry quite a bit. Whether or not he was justified, I don't care. Like, and you can look at it now and be like, yeah, Rudy might be hard to play with actually, just because he might be, he just might lack talent and that might be hard in terms of team dynamics. Right. My guess would be that Rudy's actually a nice dude and like a good teammate from just like an emotional perspective, but from skill level, talent, all that Donovan might've been frustrated because he's like, I can't rely on this dude. Now with that said, that doesn't explain the fact that like why Donovan would have stopped playing defense in the playoffs last year. So not sure where that came from. And like, that's kind of my point is that he became a diva and it actually showed on the court. Mm. Now he's happy in Cleveland. Apparently I don't think he's stirring the pot over in Cleveland for whatever reason, dropping 40 plus a few games here and there. Like, He's killing it. Yeah. Rudy's not. Whatever. Take that for what it's worth. I thought Rudy was at least more of a, I'm going to focus on me and the team, and I'm not going to try and stir the pot, whereas Donovan seemed like to be kind of the opposite of that. Okay. I just – so Vegas has their, in my opinion, one team that is a Vegas team. We have the Raiders. However, the Vegas team is the Golden Knights. Okay. Okay. So, after the first year, after the second year, we lost a good group of guys from whether it was just like control, right, free agency, free agency things like that, right? We did, we did trade a few guys, okay? There has not been one returning player, whether they signed free agent somewhere else, whether they wanted to be traded and like forced their way out, which we haven't really had that issue. Um, and hockey really doesn't have that issue overall. There's only a handful of guys that usually do that. David Perron is the only guy that I've seen wanted to be out of Vegas like immediately. As soon as he got selected in the expansion draft, you could tell like he wanted to be gone. Why do you think that is? I feel like most... he he loves St. Louis. Uh, okay, he so it was because he like is it, was he from there or he just no. had he had been there before? No, he had, that's where that was his previous team. But gotcha. St. Louis didn't protect him. Yeah. So Vegas took him, used him for the two years, and then he immediately signed as a free agent to St. Louis, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, 
most fan bases, for some reason, get so frustrated with players opting for free agency and then signing other places. Yeah. Right? However, if you get traded out of a situation, fans always open their hand, open their arms, you know, oh, yes, it's so good to have you back. Woo! Right? Yeah. It's like, dude, like, there's, in my opinion, there's zero difference in those two. Right? You're leaving. Right? You elected to leave in free agency. You didn't elect to leave in, in, Maybe that's the thing. So right? I think on, I, I get, I get what you're saying. And on a general level, I kind of just am against it just for that reason, yeah. right? Because it's like it's a business at the end of the day. Right. The one that actually ticked me off a lot was, and I may surprise you with how I'm gonna, where I'm going to end up with this, was Gordon Hayward. Okay. Now let me just say real quick, I, I, I don't know if I actually articulated, but I'm glad Rudy Gobert was not booed. I would not have booed yeah. him. Like that Rudy, I think – like he was a good dude, was beloved for the most part by the fan base. Now, um, Gordon Hayward, that situation really, really, really bothered me. And it was because you tell me, like when you consider the situation he was in with having been essentially recruited by his college coach when he was 14 to go to Butler. Right. I would imagine at that point, a lot of other colleges were starting to take more interest while he's in high school and kind of starting to tear it up more. He probably got offers to other bigger schools, but chose not to goes to Butler almost wins a national championship twice, by the way, literally goes both times Didn't Butler go back to back national champions or championships. I mean, Either, I either it was either that or final four. Like they were right there knocking yeah, on the door, I but I feel like it was well, back that, to back. That's why that's why homeboy left to Boston. So, okay, he was that's, that's my point. So, Brad Stevens handpicks Gordon Hayward. He's the only one that sees talent at such a young age. Goes to Butler. They have this amazing career. Then Danny Ainge is like, I'm going to get that guy to coach Boston. Boom. Brad Stevens leaves Butler. Gordon Hayward's in Utah. It doesn't matter. Like, um, it is what it is. Fast forward years later, Gordon Hayward's now entering his, like, first huge contract. And... Who comes knocking? Boston. Boston. Yeah. And Brad Stevens is like, hey, I want you to come play in Boston. And jazz fans were livid. It's like you put yourself in Gordon Hayward's shoes for two seconds. A dude that recruited you when you were 14, you almost won two national championships with him in college. You go to have a pretty awesome like start to an NBA career, and he's coaching a different NBA team and says, hey, come play here. It had nothing to do with Boston. I promise you that. This dude could have been coaching in Minneapolis. Like It, didn't, it wouldn't have freaking mattered. And Gordon Hayward would have been like, done. I'm their coach. I'm playing for you. I can't wait. And you're going like, to honestly tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. And the fact that the Jazz fans had zero reflexivity looking at that, like – complete bias is not not objective at all and they boo the guy when he comes back and you're like what is wrong with you now i don't know if they actually booed him when he came back but there was like real vitriol tied to his leaving and it's like well i didn't like the way he left it's like okay cool okay whatever because like apparently he had said i'm not leaving and then like an hour later like his agent said something and people were like up in arms about it. It's like, okay, sorry, sorry that it didn't go as smoothly. And guess what i bet you gordon hayward's also sorry it didn't go as smoothly right. like he probably wanted to keep these things under wraps and so I, I, that one really, really ticked me off. But at the end of the day, what is this, dude? It's be, they're called fans for a reason, right. which is derived from the word fanatic. And fanatic is not 
a good work. No. <laughs> and at the end of the crazy. day, right? If anybody else chooses to go to a different company, right? Yeah. A different thing, what what's ever best for themselves and their families, right? Nobody else is going to be out there booing them and pick, you know, yeah. rioting and pissed off and, you know, burning their dress shirts. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. Right? Like that's what it comes down to. Dude. Right? And that's what again, that's them being fanatics and not realizing like, yeah, this is a business at the end of the day, right? Like, and until you can like realize the business side of sports sucks. Yeah. Speaking from experience, you might know a sucks, thing or two about that. Yeah. Okay. Like, you, you got to just appreciate the guys being, you know, there when they were there, right? If they didn't act right, like they were. Doing, I get that, right? Like, we didn't like this dude when he was here. We're still gonna, we're gonna, we were booing him when he was here. We're gonna boo him even more, right? Yeah. Like, I get that, yeah. right? But if the dude just plays, plays hard, does his thing, right, for his five to seven years, whatever it is, and he moves on, I don't know. I just, I just think you can't ignore all the good that brought, came from that span, that. You're just going to immediately just be like so mad about it. I just don't, I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, this is kind of reminding me of something actually. So, um, you were on a podcast recently, not mine, not ours. Sorry. It's ours now, but when it was mine, I'm not referring to that. This uh, is still yours. I'm just, I'm just an accessory. I mean, sure. If you I'm want a very, to see it, but I'm a very pretty, I'm accessory. like ready to, <laughs> you are easy you 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 up to this dude i think i was operating at a like i was looks level like a 7.2 for you, utah you've upped it to like 8.8 .8, man we're for the for the world yeah we're, <laughs> we're sitting pretty dude i appreciate it quite literally um so you were on my buddy our buddy sean bingham's podcast um i set this up actually and uh coming to an avenue yeah um so sean has his own podcast called simply the best sports take Sean's actually been on this podcast once or twice, but um, Sean, you guys had an experience that was freaking hilarious. And I actually, at one point, want to bring Sean on for all three of us can yes. just like talk about it. And just like, I mean, Sean's an easy, fun guy to talk to. So it'd be a good, it'd be a nice episode. But, um, and we could talk about a lot more than just this. But this story is so funny to me because Casey had relayed this story to me. Sato, our buddy Sato that we keep referencing, he, you guys were in Powell, and I and I want to I want to streamline this because this is not I, I was not recap. planning on talking about this. What's yeah. that? Yeah, quick recap. I quick recap. Yeah. yeah. So meet Sean. Come to find out, he's a Washington-based fan. You know, oh, what do you think about Bryce Harper? And he has zero right? clue who no you are. Who I am. Yeah. Right? He just knows me as Brian. Like that's it, right? Oh, I played a little Brian. minor league baseball. Right, yeah. Played, yeah. Like played with Casey. That's how we know each other, right? I'm baiting him, baiting him, baiting him, baiting him. And he finally goes, yeah, like, we like so pissed when he left, like, couldn't, like, didn't understand, like, so pissed. Sato, like, stops him, cuts him off. He's like, that's his brother, pointing, <laughs> points to me. And immediately just goes, like, uh, uh, I was like, dude, I'm just messing with you, dude. Like, it's fine. Like, well, and you're in, a fan. I get it. Like, just, well, and in Sean's like defense, now this is the, this is the version I got at least because what's funny is that when Casey told me this story, Casey told me this story separately, mm -hmm. and then I texted Sean, and I was like, "Hey, I heard you uh, were totally crapping all over Bryce Harper in front of his brother. How'd that go?" And he called me, 
he called me and was no like, Texas immediate call yeah, me. he was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> and he's like, dude, I wasn't crapping on him. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm messing. Casey didn't even say that. Yeah. And so Sean's version, and I mean, it sounds like the version was, um, he really actually kept his cool when it came to talking about your brother. Yeah, he did. Um, and I, that's why I see, I was trying to bait him. Yeah, you're trying right? to. I was that's, trying that's to, sinister, and Casey man. stopped it before it got too far, <laughs> which... Respect to Casey for that. Respect but, to Casey. Like, Honestly, knowing Sean, I don't. Sean's actually like that's actually. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you've ever listened to any of the Sean's episodes. Yeah. Sean's pretty good at that. Like he's pretty good at just like being level headed. He doesn't really get emotional about the sports. And that, that's all it comes down to right. Just yeah. emotional fanatic fans. Yeah. So yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> that story's yeah. so good, dude. So so freaking good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's. Let's wrap this sports section up. Now we got a few other things we want to touch on, but the sports section, that was the worst national championship I'd ever witnessed in my entire life. By far. And it was literally the worst in terms of discrepancy yeah. between the scores. Which was very shocking. Considering Georgia, Ohio State struggled Georgia struggled to beat Ohio State. Ohio State has their wide receivers that don't get hurt. They win that ball game, I believe. Michigan handled Ohio State in the shoe this year, right? Yeah. Went on the road, handled them. TCU goes in and beats Michigan, right? Like, yeah, you know, circle, right? Everybody like beat TCU, everybody. at that point, right. you're kind of thinking, wait, so TCU does belong? Right. Yeah. Like, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Should have a good game. I still thought Georgia was going to handle them. Did not expect that. Not not handle him to that level, you right? Had four, it was fourteen to seven, and then all of a sudden it was thirty-five to seven. Yeah, like this game is over. It was funny, like nobody really wanted to say it out loud, but I feel like we were all quietly thinking Georgia could slaughter them. But like, let's hope for the best that they don't. Hundred percent, just for our sake and everybody's sake, for that matter. Like, I think the only people that were happy lived in Georgia, and even then, the majority of the state probably didn't even want to see that outcome. Yeah. Um, well, you still want to see a good game. Yeah, exactly. You want your team to win, but you still want to see it. If you're a fan, though, if you're a fan of Georgia, I, if I were a fan of Georgia, I would have exactly wanted that outcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, like everybody so, else, everybody they've been cheering. Sun, that was a Sunday stroll. Man, it was. Through the park. And it like made you think. Like I had a buddy that was bringing it up. He's like, does this hurt TCU's momentum going into next year? And my initial thought was no, because you, you these seasons are like relegated to each season, right? But I kind of thought about it more, and I was like, maybe. Like, it was that bad of a loss. Now, granted, TCU's they already – there. They're still the best team in the Big 12. Yeah, but think about how hard it was for them to get there, and then they just got slaughtered. And you're kind of like, are they just going to – like, you kind of wonder the morale as a team because it takes so much to get to a championship. And then once you're there, you think you can just compete just by, by merit of making it there. But – they got there and got absolutely outclassed. Like they looked like a high school team by comparison. And you're kind of like, now they're thinking like, oh wait, so not only do we have to work that hard to get to the championship, we have to work even like double that to even stay competitive. And it's just like, I don't know, but TCU's already reaped the benefits to some degree of their season. Cause I've heard they've already got like three transfers coming in from Alabama. Other side note, by the way, side note, Georgia, somebody told me while I was watching the game, I can't remember which one of my buddies, but it might've been Sato. Uh, Georgia only had one transfer from last season. Like leave? N no, come, come in. in. Yeah. I mean, you say Kirby, that Kirby's a recruiter. Like he he's going to develop his guys. He knows that. I had right? zero and clue, he stays man. Little to it, which is really cool. 
I had zero clue. Like that blew my mind. The fact that only one transfer came into Georgia before last season. Like, because usually you'd be How like, "How many did they lose?" Though that's the other question. That's a right? really good question, like, actually. I don't know. That I feel like there's more of a a exodus from the SEC, not not in, oh, absolutely, not an exodus from everybody else into the SEC. That's a good point. It can't be easy to go transfer into a great school. So actually, actually, a caveat that I wasn't really thinking of. Yeah. Like Georgia's not going to want a ton of transfers. No, because they had their they have their we're Georgia. Twos, their number two. We already won the national just like championship. Alabama, right? Yeah, their number twos are better than most number ones at other schools. Yeah, right. It's a good point. And as soon as those number ones are out of there, they're all getting drafted their junior year. They're good to go. Might not be as cool of a stat as I initially thought. But I'd be interested to see how many they left. lost. Yeah, that's actually right? a really good question. How many play like yeah. guys that were playing lost? So yeah, I don't know. But Vegas ties to uh, Georgia. Mr. Washington, the tight end. Darnell Washington, mm -hmm. Desert Pines alumni, east side of Vegas, same division that I grew up playing against, the northeast division of Las Vegas. I'll be honest, Desert Pines sounds hoity-toity. Desert Pines. No? Oh. Were they kind of ghetto? How wrong are you? <laughs> really? Well, oh. Las Vegas doesn't have a good reputation. High school, in terms of... We, we are the nicest school in that, on, on in that, that side. Of in that division? <laughs> Yes. So if you think Vegas has a bad rep, go ahead and just go down go down the ladder. There, wow, huh? Desert Pines. Yeah. I don't know but why that huge, sounded nice. Huge, like, actually, two, uh, I learned this yesterday, actually. Uh, Utah alum and a BYU alum are the head coach coordinator at Desert Pines now. Oh, do you know who they are? Yeah. And all their cousins are there. Uh, I, all I know is they're Polynesian. Yeah, once yeah. you said cousins, I kind of yeah. assumed. And all their cousins are all the coaches and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So That is cool. One of the uh, – a kid that I've been giving pitching lessons to, his brother plays football, and uh, he's over there. He was over there last yesterday and uh, just learning up some stuff. So, nice, man. Yeah, I'll have to get their names up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that so, is cool. Little cool uh, Utah Connection BYU. So, Dude, have you heard about the University of Ohio? Idaho murders. I'm sure you have by now. Yes. I, so I remember I heard about it. Bits and pieces. So just full transparency. Not yeah. a big news guy. No, okay, that's fine. But I, am, I have seen and and heard about it. I'm too so. big of a news guy, probably. But, um, dude. So I I this happened like November November 13th, mm -hmm. and I remember seeing it like at the gym, like on Fox News and stuff, and CNN, and I'm like, they're talking about these four kids. At, University of Idaho murders. That's like all it said. And so then I start like looking around and then I start telling a bunch of people about it. And I'm like, did you guys hear about this? And a lot of people are like, no. And I'm like, how is that possible for once? So like not a lot of people knew about it initially. And then obviously, supposedly they caught the guy uh, like right before New Year's or right after Christmas or something. I can't remember where that was, but um, within the last couple of weeks. And that's when it really blew up. But I just... Like you, you know the details of mm -hmm. all that now. Yeah, like the four kids. Like it kind of sounds they were sleeping. Yeah, they were sleeping. stabbed multiple well, times. So, right? but then like there's people. Apparently, there's so the 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 guy and girl, the boyfriend and girlfriend that got killed. They're saying that like one of them might have ordered DoorDash, like right at four a.m., and that they became like kind of a like byproduct of the murder and that they might have been targeted towards one of those other two girls 
are uh, Maddie Mo Mogan, Mojin something, and uh, Kaylee Gonzalez. I think that's how you say it. And um, just because the DoorDash was ordered and everything, he's like, well, they're like up. If they've heard anything, like, I don't want, I don't know. Like, nobody knows anything at this point, really. Yeah. But it's kind of nuts. And then two other roommates were left unscathed, untargeted at all in that house. So everybody's really, like, weirded out by that. It turns out it was a criminology PhD student yeah. um, at was the interviewing Washington State University. And yeah, was interviewing. Convicts, right. Like, trying to, like, do polls on Reddit, like, asking people about, like, that committed crimes or something like that. It's like... The dude actually looks so sketchy. Like you see a picture and you're like, something's wrong with this guy. Yeah. Kind of like the same guy that I opened, tried to open the door for it at the gym and didn't walk in. Maybe I should have. Maybe it was him. Dude, I should have tipped his name. I should have figured out his name and tipped him off to the police and be like, listen, if he's not wanted for the University of Idaho murders, oh there's God. some murders out there that he might be wanted for. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Maybe. Terrible. Maybe. Anyway, I just. I, the re I had to bring that up because it was so relevant and it was like hot on my mind a lot. And I was like, well, this, I haven't podcasted for a few weeks now. I was like, I got to talk about this. I got to address it a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see how that, the outcome of that goes. But it seems like they kind of got this guy dead to rights. Like his cell phone had been pinged like a million times. Like it's for a criminology PhD. He really did a shoddy job. Like, carrying that out no joke like he you hear he left his leather the right. leather case of his knife yeah. in the house and that's how they got the dna right so anyway you're like you think if you studied it enough like, yeah i mean i've watched enough investigative discovery i think it'd be pretty decent which just by the way that there. goes to show like <laughs> <laughs> it goes to show like he may have been in his phd but he may not have been a good phd student yeah there you go. You know, yeah. there's a difference there. I don't, I don't want to make light of it, but. <laughs> no, we're not making light of it. I mean, it's an, obviously a terrible situation and really sad and sick is what it is. And it's like, we haven't had anything like this happen in a long time, it feels like, right? But this guy seems like he show, he was showing, like, to me, my guess would have been, had he not been caught, he would have killed again. He would have probably, like, been turned into, like, somewhat of a serial killer, I think. Well, yeah, he was in Philly. Uh, Close, but yeah. Like yeah. Scranton area. Yeah. Just outside. You have a lot of serial killers in Philly area? No, I'm just saying. You your, know, your brother's in the Philly I have, area. <laughs> I have, you know, I know some people that may have lived there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? I've been to Philadelphia. I did not like it. Have we talked about this? No. It's, for the big East Coast cities, it's probably my least favorite. Take it back. Sorry, man. That doesn't mean I won't cheer for the Phillies when, <laughs> you know, they're making things happen that's right um as we know you already did yeah i did dude i uh, like i was because your yankees were out dude well i made it clear too I and we say my yankees is like i'm the most casual yankees fan i just right, but you're a yankees fan. yeah i am i've been cheering for them for 20 years now but um i i just want to make that clear i don't want to make i don't want to make the yankee the true yankees fans look at me and be like this bro this bro any yankees fan is like yeah you kind of like you're kind of right but like if i'm gonna cheer for a team it's them right um, but I did say, and this is what's going to also tick off a bunch of Yankees fans if they hear this. I, I think I have a huge contingency listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm big in New York for some yeah. reason, but um, uh, I did tell you. I said, you know what? If the Yankees actually do beat the Astros and play the Phillies in the World Series, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cheer for the Phillies. 
I told and you I, that, and I said I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, because I was but like, it's a win-win for you at that point. Well, because I, I kind of, but at the same time, I would have been more bummed because I'm like, dude, here I have the opportunity to cheer for the brother of a very close friend of mine, and I'm like, why in the hell would I cheer for like the because I've been to a couple games in my life, like that somehow trumps that. I was like, nah, this dude has the chance to experience. Not, I mean, and I'm not talking. I'm not even talking about your brother. I was yeah. talking about you. Like this yeah. dude has the chance to experience something incredible that such a tiny tiny percentage of people would ever be able to experience and quite frankly you already have yeah just making it there puts you in a, a very select group but to have that had been carried through the whole way and like make no mistake dude it seems like it's gonna it seems I mean, like it's gonna happen I'm, I'm liking what they're doing yeah you know Dombrowski loves to spend money so you know they go out get Trey you move Bryson over to second now that infield if it feels very good now yeah you know, and then uh, you go out and get some arms like the way they did. And so, yeah, it'll be uh, just got to keep that same momentum that they finished the year on, you know, and just it'll be a little bit of a delay for Bryce to come back. But, you know, they uh, they proved they can win without him. Yeah. You know, they did that midsummer last year, and uh, I think they'll be able to. No, and that's carry, huge. Carry that momentum going forward. That's got to go a long way for the star, too. To know that he's not like he has there's, to be the guy. There's no pressure on him, to right? Exactly. Come back and need to come back, you know. And and granted, there was no pressure. I think last year, right? Now, if this year starts out different, right? Who's to say he doesn't feel that pressure? Yeah. Um, to come back and do it. So yeah, yeah I'm sure that just, dynamic hopefully is fleeting. He, uh, hopefully, they take care of business, and you know, they get back into the postseason, and after that is all bets are off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the last. Five, six years, right? And honestly, I'd even say last 15 years, right? All these wildcard teams, since they started putting in these wildcards, they're the ones that have been getting to the world, getting the World Series, winning the World Series, right? Like, hey, you wonder what, what, how it, that happens. It's the downtime. I'm telling you right now, it's the, the downtime. downtime is, hurts more than it helps. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right? Like, the Giants won their handful in, in the uh, early 2010s. Right, they won those ones. They were the wild cards. Right, the Nationals won it in 2020. Right, they were the wild card. Right, Dude, like all these teams. Let me throw out a another playing, sport bro. as an example of what you're talking about. Foosball. No, uh, college basketball. Kemba Walker. I think he was 2013. Right, UConn. Yeah, UConn. Or, no, UConn. he was 2011. He was Jimmer's year. UConn 2011. Rolled through the. Big East. Dude, they were the they were the fifth seed in yeah. the Big East tournament, yeah. and that was the year they had like eight or nine teams in the tournament that made the tournament. Yes, they end up winning the Big East tournament, yep. and you're kind of like, huh, weird. They become and like they were kind of underdogs, like obviously being the fifth seed, but like nobody really thought much of them. Then they make the tournament. Obviously, that was going to happen, but they made it as a but fifth they, seed. Yeah, they weren't going to be in the tournament. They had to win the Big East. Did they have to? I think so. I that, it was there might have been bad. something to that because, like, I remember thinking they had to win it. And maybe if they like lost in the championship, they still would have like eked in. But they made so they were the fifth. This never happens. Fifth seed in the Big East, and then a fifth seed in the yeah. NCAA tournament. You're like that does not that never translates. But it goes to show that, like, yeah, they really were kind of like having to claw their way up and into that. It's that hot team, dude. Who has and, the hot hand? And that's the thing. So they had to play like seven games in the Big East tournament, and then they had to play like five more. That seven games is way too much. I, I definitely like. I think it was maybe five games in the Big East tournament, and then it was like five more in the 
in the NCAA well, there's always tournament. like two buys, I think, too, right? Because like the three, yeah. four, the one, two, yeah, sit like and that. wait, right? Like for like two games to be played. Yeah, but they didn't and get any the buys three, four initially. Only gets and, the one, yeah. the one buy, but yeah, it's like they rolled the Big East down. tournament and yeah. then rolled the freaking NCAA tournament, and it kind of seemed like maybe it's because they've been playing basketball like so consistently yeah. for the last month and a half, basically. It's true, man. And and you're like these guys have just been there and anyway so it did seem like that might have been the difference to go with your point. Yep. All right, man. Well, so I posted something on my Instagram a few days ago. I don't know if you saw it, but you're not a big Instagram guy. No. Yeah. I'm I'm limiting myself on a lot of socials. Yeah, good for you, dude. I need to, I need to take good. note of that. I bet. Um, have you seen Orange County? Of course. <laughs> so there's. I was watching it the other day. <laughs> and uh it's that it's that scene it's near the beginning of the movie when they're in class that english professor mm-hmm. is like completely incompetent and um he's like trying to get his class to participate about romeo and juliet and this girl raises her hand and like the main guy and his like two friends like they have a friend that had just died in a surfing accident the right. year before and this girl raises her hand and she's like uh professor or whatever like i don't feel comfortable talking about romeo and juliet considering the fact that my i had a boyfriend that died in a tragic surfing accident and the teacher himself was like that happened like a year ago and then one of the friends is like you dated for like two weeks (laughs) and just that whole scene i was just cracking up because i literally had a conversation like a week before with a couple buddies they were like, what is it with death that, like, these girls latch on to as, like, have you, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if I have. I, I've been trying to figure out, because I saw this on there, and I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> okay, wait, go ahead. So Make your point. Maybe I'm wrong, but it does, and here's the thing, like, unfortunately, you get to your mid-30s, like, you see a lot of people, like, I'm, like have these crazy they pass away mm-hmm. like in this crazy situation, whatever, very premature. Random heart attack. Stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, freaking, it seems like there will be these girls. And now I had a buddy that dated this girl who had previously dating another guy. I mean, not at the same time, just like a year prior. And she broke up with him. And then this guy ended up, unfortunately, passing away in a snowmobiling accident Mm -hmm. while they were broken up a year passes by she starts dating my buddy and she like still has pictures of her ex in her house and still tells my buddy who's dating her i'm just having a really hard time because like i just miss him so much and it's like wait what you broke up with him like don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's not a tragedy and that it's not like jarring but like she has like made this a definitive part of who she is now. And then same thing happens with like, I've seen it with a couple other girls. This guy will tragically pass away. And then they'll just like nonstop be posting about him on social media. And you're like, what is this exactly? Is this love? Or is this attention? What are we talking about here? Have you not seen this? No. <laughs> no. You don't want to talk about it. I this is uh You don't want to talk about it? I mean I feel like this is a slippery slope. 
maybe. <laughs> but that's what we do, dude. I mean, it's it could be a matter of both. I don't know. I mean, some people deal with it differently, and I think, especially if it's a social media thing, like it's can be very toxic at times. So, I don't know. The jury's out for me right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think about this one. <laughs> way to just way to just kill this topic, dude. <laughs> I guess it's on me. Maybe I should have. Maybe I, I mean, if I would have had a heads up on it, maybe. I yeah. Had but I'm really actually I'm actually kind of glad I didn't tell you about it though because I do want to know I did want to know if you had seen it before. I haven't. No. And no. So maybe we're just maybe we're on an island here. Maybe it's different in Utah. I don't yeah. know. No, it's. Oh. Uh, I think I've only had one. It was a brother of a friend that I was in middle school with, but he he was older and he was in high school at the time, and this girl that I had been, or not even dating at that time, just like friends with, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, her and then she actually ended up calling me one night on the on the telephone at the house, the landline. Ooh, she had to ask for you, right? Yeah, that's a big deal. I know, I know, Uh, Brian. So and so, I'm like, okay, what's up? She's like bawling. I'm like, oh, oh, what happened? She goes, so and so died. And I go, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, so and so died. And I was like, wait, our friend died? Yeah. And she goes, no, his brother. His brother. I was like, oh, jeez, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and I had no idea. I had never was she connected to the family at all? She had dated our friend, oh. like middle school. Dating. So she would have known the brother. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, but again, it was a time of not social media, right? And I right. I don't know if, you know, so that's the only experience I've ever had with something like that. Interesting. But yeah. So I could see both sides of it, right? Where it's like, maybe that's just the way she's dealing with it. I'm not saying it's, it's not a, jarring. Or it's an attention yeah. thing. I'm not saying like, it's oh my not. Gosh, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. It's definitely like, very emotional, yeah. but like you kind of wonder, like, but if it's a year later, you yeah, think like, that's, that's well, and that like in the other in the other parts of like breaking up with the person and stuff, and you're just yeah. like, what? Yeah. But anyway, all right, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about one thing: a letter that was read in my ward. Yeah, you told me a couple weeks ago. I thought this was really strange. Now. I agree. Full disclosure, I got to church a little bit late, like a minute or two late in the sacrament meeting, and they were already reading the letter, so I wasn't sure who wrote it. I assumed it was a church-wide letter, but I think that was the wrong assumption because you're the second person I've asked about this, and you don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. And that first person, my sister and her husband, like their family, they had no idea. So it could have just been our stake. That's when letters are read. Like right. it's either the stake level or like the church level. There's like really no in between. Maybe regional there might be to some degree, but normally the way the church has been going about it though is if it is a church wide thing, it's sent out via email to the members. That oh, way. that's a good point. So we usually maybe get the it is email. Just stake. So it must be a stake thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, they start talking about the appropriate way to address God or Heavenly Father, however you want to refer to him, in prayers. And they specifically mentioned pronouns. And it wasn't a shot at the whole pronoun thing. I don't mm. think. That's not the sense I got, at least. Um, but they were like... No, it was a reverence thing. Yeah, it was then, like, yeah. when you're praying, you should reverence your Heavenly Father as thee, thou, and thy. Yeah. And to make it more formal, reverent, and all that stuff. Right. 
dude, honestly, my first thought, which by the way, I am somebody that does that just naturally. I grew up in that. Like my parents emphasized that, I guess. I mean, I don't even know if they emphasized it. They just did it. And I just like took notes and that was that. Yeah. You were taught how to pray. Right. Yeah. And, but I was a little bit like, that's weird. Like that's an overreach. Now, do I do it? Yes. Will, would I have my own family do it? Yes. Do I think everybody should do it? Sure. Maybe, but I don't have an opinion on it. Like, and that was what was weird to me where it's like, why are you going to like overextend and talk about something like this, which is relatively trivial compared to a lot of other stuff that we could be talking about instead. And I felt like it was very micromanagey. Prayers are personal, right? And we're, we're always told that we're supposed to have a conversation with our Heavenly Father, right? We're supposed to talk in our cadence. We're supposed to talk in our languages, things like that. Right. So my own personal prayers, I feel like I'm calling up my dad and talking to him. Right. And that's the way it should be done personally, in my opinion, and like personal prayers. Right. If I'm praying for in sacrament, in beginning of end of beginning or end of, of second hour meetings, ward council, whatever it may be, right? Like I do make it a point to say the die thou okay however if i'm a convert to the church coming from another christian based church or any other church where i did pray to a god right i feel like we can't force somebody to pray that way right we should be happy welcome them with open arms right into the fold type thing right being like we would like you to pray for us, and if that's how they pray, right, we should feel the spirit and listen to the prayer, and that should be it. Well, what's the, that's the extent of it. What's the, like, a- allegation, so to speak? Like, what are they implying here if they don't? Like, don't is it that, that they're, they're not going to pray in Their prayer sacrament? is less meaningful? Yeah. I guess that's one way to get out of, of saying <laughs> prayers that's in sacrament, point. right? Yeah, they ask you. It's like, actually, I don't, I don't use your pronouns. Sorry, I probably shouldn't. No, I mean, like, uh, clearly it's not less meaningful. Very, very clearly. Right. No one would ever dare say it's not. So from there, I'm not really sure of making, like, what the point is, what, what's the point of making that a big deal? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I like I, and, and we didn't have, we didn't have that in our ward in Vegas. So it, it's definitely not true. No, I know. I'd, I'd never really seen it until yeah, now. It's. Oh, that was strange. I don't think. I need to follow up on that to somebody that I was actually there on time. Maybe they'll have some more info, info for me. But um, I like what you said, though, about it's like you're talking to your dad. Because yeah. um, I've learned since, like, my like, basically going through my conversion and things like that, like, prayers are supposed to be conversational. Yeah. Now, that makes it sound like it's just, like, two-sided and you're just, like, going back and forth. Like, no, that's not the case. But the way I address... God in prayers a lot of times these days is not so much like, hey, thanks for this. Um, I'm praying for this. It's more like, hey, I'm not feeling the best right now. Yeah. And here's why. And it's kind of changed the dynamic of my relationship with God and Christ. There's no doubt, dude. 100%. Like, it's kind of interesting. I, yes. And I've, I'm fully in on that. Yeah. Right. Because there's like yesterday. I got down on my knees and I was just like, man, like that was busy, busy. 
Like, Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for giving me the strength to get through the day. Like, I appreciate that, man. Like, and that's exactly how I would talk to anybody else, right? Like, especially to my dad, right? Like, thank you. Yeah. Right? Like, just full, sincere, open heart, right? Like, conversation, right? And again, just like you said, it, it, it's somewhat one-sided, right? Because we're doing all talking and it's not just, you know. Yeah, it's not like you're getting active yeah. responses. Right. You can get feelings that don't feel like your own, though, right. for sure. You know, and they're, again, all personal, mm-hmm. right? Like, some people may have those prayers where they're, they're, it is a conversation, right? Like, I, I feel like I've had a couple of those before and just been like, yeah, okay, you know? And, like, listening, right? Giving that little bit of a pause, but... Um, yeah, I, because I think that was one question for people. Like, does does God hear different languages? Right? Does He understand all? And obviously, yes. Yeah. Right? But you know, it's not like we all have to pray in Old Latin. Right. Right. Like, if we we're all having to do that, then we'd all have to learn Latin. Yeah, and then it'd be like very regimented. It almost become like what we try to avoid in the church, which right. is like very structured and specific, where it's all the same. Yeah. The only place we do that is sacrament, sacrament. and at the temple. Ordinances, yeah. yeah, certain covenants, things, yeah. And the beginning of blessings, things like that, right? But, yeah. you know, outside of that, it's very, everything's very personal. That's what I like about it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny, too, because you talk about different, different languages, and you're like, I mean, I, I speak Spanish. I served my mission in Mexico, and um, two, the, the, the form of speaking two, right, is like another way of saying. Is you. Is right. you, and then usted. Yeah. means the exact same thing, right. but there's a formality to it. Exactly. And usted is a little bit less formal. And so you wouldn't really say usted to anybody that you're close with. Like any, and even in a lot of settings when you're like, feel like comfortable, like it's your culture, you don't even have to know that person and two makes more sense. Yeah. But in, pr- but then there's vos. Yeah, vos, the vosotros. Yeah, okay. exactly. Vos is like totally different. That's like old school poetry that exactly. like parts of Spain like still use it, right. but that's it. So even in prayers, you actually say to, just like you would to a family member, to a mm-hmm. friend, or even somebody that you don't know, but you like basically feel like you've got some commonalities with or however that works. And so that doesn't even apply. Like you can't even apply what we're talking about to Spanish. Which, knowing one of my buddies that still prays in Spanish, he served in Houston, Spanish speaking. He still spray or he still prays in Spanish because mm-hmm. that's how he keeps up, right? Using it all the time. And he, like, we've talked about literal translation translations from Spanish to English, mm-hmm. right? And how. Sometimes that Spanish word is so much better, right? Oh, yeah. It's like across the board. It on just things. cuts to the core of really yeah. what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And exactly what you just said, like you're using two. You're not using usted or you're not using vosotros. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it's that's funny that now we're thinking about the Spanish, like the different languages, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't be, you can't tell them, like, no, mm-hmm. we're not using two anymore. Yeah. You have, you have to use usted or you have to use vosotros. Vos, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it yeah. would throw off way too many people. So I don't know. Yeah. I was bringing that up because I was like, that's not, that's weird. That's yeah. weird. It's a little, but a little different. Wouldn't yeah, be, I would say. I mean, got to Again, what, what are the repercussions? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> Well, that's a with that. Like, we're going to transition nicely into our next segment. Yeah. Um, before should we, so, should we take a break? We're going to take a break. Okay. Exactly.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're back. We're back. Going to talk. That was a nice break. Those pistachios, incredible, dude. Yes. Anybody looking for a good snack? Sahel. They're not a sponsor. We don't mention non-sponsors. Sahel, Sahel. <laughs> no free ads. No free uh, ads. No free dude. ads. Sahel snacks. Okay. Only if the, they would, if they could be so generous to sponsor us. I like, mean, that'd be amazing. Be uh, natural, naturally pomegranate flavored pistachios glazed mix. Found at Albertsons. I don't know if they they don't have Albertsons here. They used to. They yeah, used to. I don't think Not they anymore. really do anymore. All right. Yeah. So, but Amazon has them. So they sell in uh, six packs of the four ounce bags and they're phenomenal. So. Freaking free read for freaking say hail, whatever. Yeah. They are. Snacks. They were really good. But with that, that's why we, we only talk Odyssey snacks here, dude. Odyssey is a sponsor, man. I'm sorry. I'll, get, I'll hook sorry, you up. Odyssey, I'll hook you up with it. one of their delicious protein bars. I had one last time. You did? Yeah. You remember you gave me them. And they're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Very there, good. There you go. Perfect. Now we've done our read. Just kidding. I always put in a different, like a, a read at the beginning of the episode. But all right. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk your talk. We're going to talk your talk. That's exactly how I would have put it. Um, <laughs> Graphic. Yeah. Talk your talk. Music background. Talk your talk. Yeah. Nice. So I think what we're going to do is just play it. Yeah. And I'll pause it randomly. You'll tell me to pause, things like that, and uh, go from there. Because it was a really good job, man. But I don't want to say it. too much before we get into it. But yeah. you want to give I, the topic? I know, I know I give my topic in, in, the, in the... Yeah, we'll wait for that. Okay. Yeah, All we'll right. just let you say it in the actual talk. But um, So this was, this was a talk I gave uh, January 1st. New Year's Day. This year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no partying for you, New Year's Eve. No, I, w- I was good though. Yeah. I was I was fully prepared to to give this talk, and uh, it was. I really enjoy giving talks as it is. So, and this was, everybody that I've shared with it has been very, very good to me on uh, giving me great feedback on it. And uh, you know, obviously, giving a talk you're not looking for that, but right. it's been nice. It really has been nice. Well, dude, so it's well deserved for one, but another. The preparation you put into this was no joke. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I just ballparking it from my own perspective. I would. It, I would have guessed you would have put in, honestly, like ten to fifteen hours prepping this this one talk for well, fifteen you, minutes. You know that I've that I rewrote it three times. Yeah. Right. Like, and I called you. Yeah, you read called it to me you earlier. We went like, through some I stuff. Wanted a, yeah. So I want the way I write things, and I I don't want to spoil the talk, but like. I pull a bunch of information, try to you know filter it down to the ten to twelve minutes, and I wanted to read it because I didn't know if it flowed well. So I ended up calling you, mm-hmm. reading it to you over over the phone at the halftime of the TCU Michigan game. <laughs> yeah, that's right, which I, was great. Yeah. I actually loved it. Yeah. So we got a little spirit. And we were efficient in. too. Yeah. Like we were, we were done right basically at, right when the second half started. Yeah. yeah. So fifteen minutes, boom, cut it off, and like that was huge for me too because I jumped right into the talk. Read my talk and then was done talking to you at the fifteen minute mark. 
Yeah. If I like looked at my phone call time and it was 15 minutes, I was like, perfect. Yeah. I was like, that means I'm under the 12 minutes. Like this will work out great. It was good. So, dude. Yeah. It was very well done. And it was funny because I had two buddies over mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey, don't mind me. I'm just going to be doing this. And, uh, but it was like, it was, it was worked out. It worked out perfect. Yeah. Um, so anyway, without further ado, here we go. Let's get into it. Good morning. New year with the sisters. Uh, I am very excited to be here. Um, I got offered two weeks ago to uh, do this talk, and Brother Chavin asked me if I was going to be in town. I said, of course I will. Uh, and he asked me if I would talk, and I was like, you know I love to talk, so we're good to go. So uh, I did try to get my uh, open topic, just, you know, but Bishop gave me. Dude, I, I got to stop it already. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I can't help but think about this as like, I, and I'm not just saying this, dude, because you know, I will never miss an opportunity to rip you one if I can, just, and just like you would to me, like a true friendship would, but no joke, your, your intro joke, which I actually, I'm a big fan of, is the perfect way to do it because you don't want to be like, oh gosh, what do I got to say to like make the all laugh, just bring the house down. That way it just kind of like everybody kind of melts a little bit and you kind of have control of the room a little better. And it's like, I understand the concept of that, but from there you're already forcing it. And what I like about what you did here was that you made something just very casual and just like very simple and easy and relevant and made a funny spin on it. Yeah. I love to talk. <laughs> Boom. That's it. And people are like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, we know Brian. Brian does love to talk. You know, Brian doesn't shut up half the time. Yeah, dude. So like... I, I, that's, that's exactly what I try and do is that I don't think of, because if you're thinking of a joke, it's like, well, that's going to like, you're not going to have symmetry to how you're talking. You're going to go down. You're going to start at one point. That's supposed to be the rest of the talk. But then you go all of a sudden you divert diagonally to some random joke and then come back in and it can like, it just feels weird. And so this is forced, right? Exactly. Nobody likes the forced joke and most people do have forced jokes, but Yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think it's because, and they all do know that I love to talk because every fast and testimony meeting, if there's a lull, if there's nobody getting up there, I walk up there, bear my testimony, and sit back down. You can never bear right. your testimony enough, man. Yeah. That's and better, better gained on the feet than it in your seat. Well, you indirectly actually encouraged me yeah. to bear my testimony last Sunday. Which I loved. Yeah. 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 Which, uh, now let's, let's just talk about that, actually. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> No, let's let's actually divert to my testimony. I'd rather talk about that. <laughs> All right, back to your talk. The uh, question of setting and working towards righteous goals and how it will bring us closer to the Savior. And normally, when I when I get to setting up my talks, I tend to grab about two hours of information and trying to compress that down. Um, and I was. Sorry, technical difficulties. Is it really not that loud? Hey. 2001 um, on focus and priorities, and that's what it's called. And he's talking about yeah. towards righteous goals and how it will bring us closer to the Savior. And normally when I, when I get to setting up my talks, I tend to grab about two hours of information and trying to compress that down. 
Um, and I was luckily, I, I came across a talk from Down H. Oaks in April of 2001 um, on focus and priorities, and that's what it was called. And he's talking about the new innovation of the internet in 2001 and how the, uh, the church is moving in this direction. We're going to be able to, uh, you know, teach uh, more easily with, with downloads and things like that. Um, and, and he goes in, in, in his talk and he says, uh, teachers can download bales of information on any subject. When highly focused, a handout can enrich, but a bale of handouts can detract from our attempt to teach gospel principles with clarity and testimony. And that little last part, attempting to teach gospel principles with clarity and testimony is what I'm going to attempt to do today. So um, try and focus on a couple little things, but really how it's going to bring us back to um, or bring us closer to the Savior. Um, upon looking into goal setting and things like that, uh, I found the Gospel and the Productive Life Teaching Manual. And they gave us three principles to understand. The first one being setting worth, worth, worthwhile goals gives us direction in our lives, i.e. something to live for. Uh, the second one, we should set goals in a number of different areas, not just re religiously or spiritually um, or physically. You know, you want to be able to have different facets of life to be able to set goals in. Um, and the third one being managing our time gives us control over our lives so that we can serve more effectively. And that third one resonates with me the most because... Managing our time, I feel, is the most important to be able to achieve our goals. Um, whenever I am able to schedule my day out, whether it's in the morning or the night before, um, I'm able to go about my day and achieve the things that I have set in stone that I can physically see um, on paper. I tend not to write things down on my phone or in my notes section because it's I don't really like being attached to the phone. I'd rather see something on paper physically in front of me. Um, and this helps me avoid sitting idle. And we read in DNC 88-124, cease to be idle, cease to be unclean, cease to find fault in one another, cease to sleep longer than is needful, which, of course, today's a great time. You guys don't need to sleep. We're all here. We're good to go. Dude, I slept in until 9.40 that morning, by the way. Just, just... <laughs> While we're on the topic, yeah, because <laughs> I, I think that was my other like, because I, I I was bringing in facts, right? Yeah, and we, uh, I just didn't want them to like get lulled into a sleep, right? Because For I sure. knew everybody was hurting, like being there, right? Nine a.m. Yeah, start, yeah, okay? yeah. You know, first time in I think actually close to like eight years or seven years for that ward because. Our last nine o'clock session was 2020. Oh, really? We missed it. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that would have been had to, that had to have been, you know, 2017. I'm guessing or 2018. Yeah. So we have five years. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. for that ward, and obviously brand new ward, like, like not brand new ward, but a lot of members, right? Turnover yeah. From like, that yeah. Time. Exactly. Yeah. Turnover from from five years ago. Yeah. You know, so uh, including myself. So true. <laughs> Yeah, who knows what you were doing five years prior to that? <laughs> who knows? Right? I was telling my mom, pray for me. She went to church. There you go. <laughs> if I wasn't, if I didn't sleep in and being hung over that night. Seriously, dude. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it was, uh, it was just like kind of a little, another little joke for, for, 
for the people. Exactly. So, yeah. Just disarming them left yeah. and right. It's good. Trying to get them locked back in. Uh, retire till I bed early. Well, we didn't really do that one there. So uh, that ye may not be weary. Arise early that your bodies and minds may be invigorated. Uh, Down H. Oaks goes on to talk about how uh, we use our time in, in the focus on priorities uh, talk. Uh, he says, someone has said three things never come, or someone has said, quote, three things have never come back, the spent arrow, the spoken word, and the lost opportunity. We cannot recycle or save the time allotted to us each day. With time, we have only one opportunity uh, for choice, and then it is gone forever. So managing that time, being able to set things, you know, one, two, three, being organized um, is a huge focus and priority for Dallin H. Oaks. Um, moving on to, uh, working towards our goals. Um, I found a talk by Marvin J. Ashton in 1983, general conference called straightway. Uh, straightway is a power word. Straightway is an action word. It means immediately without delay or hesitation. It means at once procrastination would be the very opposite of straightway. So, did you hear that pause after I said procrastination? Yeah. So, talking to my buddy Clay earlier in the week, and I go, it's all about setting goals, and like, you know, I'm telling him, explaining like what I'm going to be talking about, and he goes, oh, man, procrastination, I'm the worst at it. I was like, well, then you'll love my time. <laughs> yeah, so, I, because I knew I had that quote in there, right? And I go, he was sitting down to the right just behind my, my family. And I said it, and that's why I paused because I, I was like looking down at the sheet and like was looking at the left side of the church. He was sitting on the right side. And I said procrastination. And I immediately looked at him <laughs> and like stopped to make eye contact with him. And then, went oh, that's because I already had like a previous like, conversation <laughs> about him with, with procrastination. Cold, dude. Yeah. Cold as eyes. <laughs> right. Just putting I, him on the spot. Yeah, I, call, I called him out basically. You basically did everything just short of saying, Clay. Clay. <laughs> procrast procrastination, okay? What was his reaction? Nothing. He just he just looked at me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think he realized it. And I oh. still don't even, because I haven't even talked about it with oh, that's him yet funny, either. Dude. Like, yeah. So I was going to say, if he knew, though, that almost be better where he's just like deadpan, just right back at you. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to it. We read in Matthew uh, four eighteen, or Matthew four eighteen through twenty two, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, where they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. They didn't hesitate. They dropped their nets and straightway went. And when it comes to goal setting and working towards those goals, we have to go straight away. Okay, we can't delay. We have to uh, not procrastinate in, in, in these changes that, that are wanted and uh, these new heights reached in our lives. This, by the way, like, it's so much easier to go straight away, like you're saying, with faith, leaving your nets, just boom, no question, when you know what the purpose is. And that's where your point is very clear. It's like, well, if you don't make goals, you're not going to want to leave anything to go for because you have zero clue. It's so nebulous. You don't know where you're getting yourself into. 
Whereas if you're able to articulate like, what is the end goal here? What is the, where do I want to end up? And for all of us at the end of the day, it's salvation, it's eternity. And that's going to help us know exactly what we need to leave and go pursue to get us there. Exactly. You're spoiling. Sorry, what? You're spoiling. Sorry. I was like, like, but that's the set. Like, that's. <laughs> but that's I'm glad the, that you're in the mindset of it, right? Right, like, and that's that means the, that's the good setup of a good yeah. talk, yeah. right? Because like, you're you're not like really a good talk shouldn't have surprises in it, yeah. right? It shouldn't have like these mic. Well, it can have mic drop moments, so to speak. As long as like, I don't know what that even looks like, but it's like I know it when I will see it. But it's a good talk is like, hey, this is all like consistent, and I I see the direction it's going, mm-hmm. and so that's that's basically to your point, right? I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the second one uh, that I, the second talk that I found was a talk in April of 1985 by Peter Vidmer, who was part of the uh, UCLA ward, uh, and he is a he's a three-time Olympic medal-winning gymnast, and he gave a talk in general conference in night or uh, just a few months after competing in the 1984 Summer Olympics uh, in Los Angeles. And I actually sent this to, to my brother, and I said, hey, they've set precedent. You know, we might be able to get you in general conference to give, you, give a talk. <laughs> you, you, by the way, if he actually got a pro, like this, I mean. I'd be, they set precedent, dude. They did set precedent. I mean, like we talked about this before, and like Lavelle Edwards spoke randomly. Yeah. During, like, because he was a well-known college football coach, very successful at the time, so he spoke in general conference too one time. But um, if they asked Bryce, what are the chances he's like, okay? I mean, if President Nelson called him, if President, if if Uptor, if one of the apostles called him, okay, but short right? of the apostles, what if it's like member of the seventy? What if it's none of them? What if it's like some random secretary that's like, okay, I guess what, what's the threshold in which he's I responding? I think I think regardless if it's coming from. I think he acts on it. What if one of them would you would you have denied it? What if, of course I wouldn't have. But you, I, your brother doesn't strike me as somebody that like looks, for, believe it or not, looks for opportunities to be in the limelight. Yeah, but I still think that he would. I think he would. I just wonder what the threshold yeah. is that would make him so he's like, okay, let's do this. Because you're right, nobody's saying no to a call from the first presidency, an apostle, right? Probably most seventies, but. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you would. Yeah. I think anybody would, truly. I think most people would. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that that's just like, dude, it's it's general conference. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Like, seen around the world, bro. Well, three. Like, he ta- Vidmer talks about it. Him and him and Dale Murphy were sitting on the stand the year before. Yeah, the year before they were sitting on the stand, and then he like starts his talk being like, "I can't believe I'm actually giving a talk now." Last year I was sitting here with Dale Murphy and like that was surreal. And now I'm actually getting up here and talking about this. Yeah, that is wild. I wish they did that kind of more. It's kind of funny to like grab a random person in the conference and just be like, by the way, you're going to bury your testimony. And they're like, what? <laughs> it could either be unbelievable yeah. or unbelievably terrible. <laughs> I, don't I think it's going to be great no matter what. I don't know. We'll see. But we we'll won't. see. Like it, <laughs> hypothetical, but it could happen. When we'll I'm see. profit, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. Everybody, look under your seats. <laughs> all right, we need everybody to move down. Yeah. Everybody, move down. Yeah. Fill in these seats over here. In these seats, especially them over there. If if you got the gold star, 
come report to the the President west Nelson, lobby President Nelson has to talk to you <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, oh freak <laughs> all right all right all right sorry i've derailed this too much he, i don't know if he was down for that but <laughs> we'll see if we can make that work one day um but he talks about two signs that, that spencer w kimball had in in his office while he was visiting with him before general conference and the first one being a sign that just said do it um and he goes on to talk uh, about that he said let's let's not just talk about what we want to do let's not just dream about what we want to want to be let's just do it whatever it takes to reach your goals you may have to work harder than you ever have worked before in your life now working hard doesn't mean you have to work twice as hard three times as hard even four times as hard to achieve these goals we must only give 100 percent of uh, what we have that day obviously some days are are we are able to give more towards reaching our goals than others but we can't beat ourselves up if today wasn't a good good as a, if today wasn't a good day compared to yesterday uh if we could only give 60 percent of, of ourselves to a goal then that was good enough for that day i believe that there's a difference between holding ourselves accountable and beating ourselves up right there's a fine line but there is that line right still want to give everything we can but if that's all we have to offer that day that's all we have to offer peter says in his talk the champions didn't win by running twice as fast jumping at twice as, as far or by scoring twice as many points as their opponents in many cases they won by a fraction of a second a fraction of an inch or a fraction of a point likewise and more important the champions didn't win by training twice as hard as their opponents either let's say that reading the scriptures is one of your goal or reading the scriptures more often is one of your goals this year if you were to set aside 15 minutes a day to read by years in if you did 15 minutes every day that's over 91 hours of reading the scriptures and a goal amazing illustration there by the way that was one thing that struck me while you read it to me beforehand and i'm like dude 91 hours that's crazy yeah like i mean you're anyway that's that's amazing like yeah. I mean, that's just 15 minutes a day anyway. perspective of it right yeah like, and that's really really good illustration yeah. also good talk tactic yeah it 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 pounds at home right Absolutely. something so little yep. in one day but then it amounts to this amount. You're like, yeah, holy cow. Right? Yeah. Like that's a ton. It is so, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. That results in over 91 hours of reading his word. I'm pretty sure that that is going to bring you closer to the savior. Okay. Something so little, but when you have that whole year of perspective of 91 hours, I think that that is something that resonates. So, uh, the second sign that Peter talked about in Spencer W. Kimball's office was a sign that said, don't quit. We're all going to have hardships and setbacks, just like Brother Chatwin talked about. But Heavenly Father will not give us a hardship that we cannot overcome. Not only overcome, but to become. And I say to become because it is to become more like him. He's challenging He's challenging us to be greater than we could ever imagine. No imperfect being can live in his presence. And we are here 
to become perfect beings, to be able to be reunited with him. I sat down and talked with the bishop a couple weeks ago after um, tithing settlement. And I, I missed our talks when I first was coming back. Um, and it was so good to visit with him. We related our testimonies to the 300 batting average in baseball. <laughs> baseball is a failure-based sport where a hitter can fail seven out of 10 times and become a Hall of Famer. We agreed, albeit we were pretty pumped about it, that the three will always be greater than the seven. No matter all the bad that happens within the seven, those three times where our, strength, where our testimony was strengthened, where our knowledge of our Heavenly Father was known, where we saw his hand in our lives, where we heard the still small voice letting us know what we were doing is good. The foundation, those three, the foundation of our faith and testimony. We sometimes, and most of the time, tend to focus or even stare at those seven bad at bats where we got out but we didn't always remember the three. Think about Saul. If we were to focus on everything he did when he was Paul, he would be focusing more on the seven than he was on the three. <laughs> and in the great words of Jim Valvano, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. Why were you getting emotional? I'm getting emotional now. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes you're just consumed. And you can't help it. And I think it's being a Harper, last name Harper. Or a first name. <laughs> Something in our genes that we're a very emotional family. Here, here. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just, so it, it, it just hit me, right? It's just like, and, and there were parts that I, I, knew I was probably going to get emotional on it. I think what's crazy about it is I didn't expect this part to be. And that's what was more like threw me off and like trying to compose myself as best as possible. Um, but the biggest thing was as soon as I started talking about the hardships and knowing my past and knowing how far I've come, right, to where I am now, you know, giving this talk to a, a room full of, of believers, right? And like, I just, we, we all want to be able to return to our Heavenly Father, right? And like, that was, that was like the, 
he was confirming to me that I was, that I'm living the right way. Right. So that was what I got when I went, when you sent it to me and I listened to it, the first thing that I noticed in this part was he's not saying anything that would emote anything in particular. Like it's not out of the ordinary. You're not like talking about like a very emotional story. You're not talking about like, you're not, I wouldn't say you're not using an example to like really bring in the spirit specifically. Right. But what was so cool and this is what I noticed. And this is why I wanted to put you on the spot because I wanted to hear your version before I got to my own. And obviously I wasn't thinking like, oh, he, you shouldn't have been emotional. So why were you? And it's like, oh, well, you know, like, like there's the genetic component or whatever that you want to talk about. But like more to me, my takeaway was as I was listening to this, I was like, dude, this guy is feeling the love right now. Yeah. He's feeling the love specifically based off of his own transition. You were just talking about Saul becoming Paul. Yeah. Which, a credit to you. <laughs> that's not because why I bring that it up. that was, I know, but that was, I loved, I loved that analogy, right? And to be able to like pull that all in. Yeah. Right? And wrap that up, right? Of my, my philosophy of the three is always greater than the seven. Yeah. Right? Regardless of things that happen, you know, with the church and like blacks in the priesthood or, you know, uh, polygamy or, you know, the history of some things that, that kind of turn people off. Yeah. Right. Those three things that have been the foundation of my renewed testimony, my, my found like founding testimony, right? Like first three bricks that were laid, right. Yeah. In my opinion happened in 2020. Yeah. Right. When I went through the atonement, I felt his love and like beginning and now honestly my probably third one is the power of prayer. Right. And I get into that as well. Yeah. But like those three things, right. Like will always outweigh the seven. Right. And you giving me the Saul and Paul like idea. Right. Like it's exactly what it was. Right. Uh, Paul was, prosecuting and you know Saul Saul yeah prosecuting and killing, killing Christians right? yeah and then he becomes Paul right yeah. like I don't know if I told you this because I was talking about this with somebody recently it might have been you um Paul Apostle of Christ was a movie that came out yeah, mainstream yeah okay yeah. so we were talking about this uh Jim Caviezel was in it he didn't play Paul different guy but it was really well done because Paul did talk about in that movie how he would reflect on who he was and that was while he was Saul, but not in a way that was like, he wasn't, I mean, he was lamenting it in the sense where he's like, I wish I would have never done it obviously, but he wasn't looking back and just like, he wasn't discouraging himself from it. He wasn't going through depression from it. He was using it as an example of like, look how far I've come. And that's what you're talking about. And that's why it was easy to like kind of provide that analogy because probably because of that movie, but he specifically talks about stoning, um, Shoot, what was his name? I can't remember off the top of my head. It wasn't Timothy. It was Timothy. Oh, it was Timothy. Yeah. Oh, okay. When he was there when Timothy died, yeah. witnessing witnessing Timothy getting stoned. And he's like, I am literally who Timothy was. I am an apostle of Christ. I'm a special witness of Christ. 
and I'm responsible for his death, but here I am. And this was when he was off to the gallows. Like this yeah. was about when he was about to get beheaded. But anyway, and, and that's, that's their own spin on it. I'm not saying like Paul right. actually had that conversation, but I'm sure he reflected on it. I'm 100%. sure he did. We anyway, all do. Yeah, we right? all do. Like that's my whole thing. Yeah. Right? Like I feel just like him. I wasn't out prosecuting the church and like spreading hate and, you know, vitriol towards anybody, but wasn't living the, a righteous way, a righteous part of yeah. being a member of the church. It was right? at least a self apostasy. Yeah, right? 100%. And, and that's the point is that like, we don't look at that and be like, gosh, I can't believe who I was. It's, oh my goodness, look who Christ made me. Yeah. And that was what was cool about that point in your talk, which is why I paused it was because I'm like, that's, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. It's like the spirit is so strong right now for this guy because he's talking about the transformation of who he's become to this point. And, the love that he's felt from God, specifically from God himself and other people around him. You're talking about your bishop and all that and the conversations you've had with him. And it's like, yeah, this guy, he knows. Like the testimony is strong. That's that's my overall point purpose. When we set our goals high, all intermediate and short-term goals fall into place. Peter Vidmer says in his talk, I would like to emphasize a proper perspective on our goals. Let us not lose sight of the gospel in pursuing our temporal ambitions. We didn't come to this world to be Olympic champions or great doctors or lawyers or businessmen or to become rich and famous. We came here to prove ourselves worthy of returning back to his presence, to the presence of our Heavenly Father. We came here to set and reach the highest goal possible. If you only set one goal this year, let it be that... Sorry. If you set only one goal for the start of the new year, let it be this one. To return to our Heavenly Father in His presence for, for time and all eternity. Any other righteous goals that you, that you set with that perspective will fall right into place and become that much easier to achieve. I have a testimony of, of setting and working towards righteous goals. It will help us grow closer to the Savior and open our minds and hearts to his will and his true plan for all of us individually. We'll be able to see his hand in all things and hear that still small voice when needed. All the things we are promised in our premortal lives will be given, un given to us. And I believe so much more. I have a testimony of the power of prayer and the amazing effect that it has, it has had in my life. 53 days ago today, I made a goal that I wanted to pray morning and night. I've missed a couple of mornings, but there has not been a night that I have not gotten down on my knees to communicate and not just pray, but to communicate with my Heavenly Father. There's not been a day that I've not felt His Spirit with me, and I truly believe it is because of this simple little goal I made 53 days ago. <laughs> Praying morning and night has given me such clarity and spiritual momentum that now I refuse to live without it. Lastly, just imagine what it's like to win a Super Bowl, a World Series, to be able to hoist a Stanley Cup above your head, or win a college baseball World Series, to be able to run out of the bullpen in front of 24,000 screaming fans and jump on top of a dog pile. It's a feeling I can't describe, but let's realize one more thing. 
we can all have an experience infinitely greater than all of these worldly achievements. If we prove worthy, we will return to our Heavenly Father's presence for time and all eternity. And that is a goal worth living for. Love each and every one of you. Love being in this world, this world with all of you. And I say these things that I send Jesus Christ. Amen. Good, man. I mean, I, I, I don't have much more to say than what we've already talked about, just besides the fact that, like, it's the spirit's strong in that, man. And that's what, that's what bearing your testimony is all about. That's what giving a talk is all about. And, and, I, and you didn't make this about you in any way. I mean, I think it's good to make a talk about you. It's supposed to be personalized. But that didn't eclipse the purpose. Right. So you need to make it about you, but you can't let it, like, you can't let that dictate what you're talking about, right? You're not being showy. You're not, it was just a very healthy combination of being reflective, self-reflective, your own plight, making you relatable, but putting the focus on the Lord and the atonement and everything he's done for you and how it's possible for everybody else to achieve that. And it was just, it was just beautifully done, man. It was just encapsulated all very well. And I think kind of the quintessential form of a talk that we should see more often in church. I appreciate it, man. So now what I didn't like about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now everything I hate. Now this is a long list, so get ready. Get comfortable. <laughs> no, I literally can't think of a thing, dude. And not that I would. I mean, that's no point in that. But I literally, there's nothing. That it just it was just very well done. And uh, we can maybe save another episode for a time of some of the worst talks we've ever heard. <laughs> I'm not joining that one. No? I'm going to make you, dude. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I just... I just am, am so, like, happy with where I'm at right now, right? Like, spiritually and, you know, mentally, right? Like, I think those two things go hand in hand, right? When you're, when you're mentally there, locked in, like, spiritually, it's just just makes everything else just that much easier, right? And it's just, it's just, I, I want to share it with everybody, right? And I, and I sometimes find myself hesitating to do it, right? But we can't, right? Like, we, me and you have talked about it. it. It's being that zealous person, right? Like being proud to like tell people that you're, you're part of his church, right? And yeah. being, you know, and you have a testimony. Right. And not sitting down and being like, well, I think they know I, I, I believe. Right. You know, so it's like, I, I don't want to overdo it by any means. But at the same time, like, I don't think enough people do overdo it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what overdoing it looks like. Quite That's frankly. what I'm saying. Yeah. But it, it, just the mental struggle sometimes. And I think, I think it's Satan playing on us. Well, right? and I think overdoing like, it. Say anything. Overdoing it isn't really a manifestation of quantity. It's not like how much you talk about it. It's how you talk about it. Yeah. It's more a manifestation of like, like what you talk about and what, and like the way in which you talk about the gospel. And it's not to bring it like, again, it goes back to that. It's not to bring attention to myself. It's to bring attention to the Lord, to the right. savior, to the man that saved me. And, and I don't know, you're not being hyperbolic about any of it. Like it's not excessive. And, and I love what you said earlier too, with, how it makes everything easier. That's not to be glossed over, man. No. Like when you are aligned, now however that looks to you as an individual, but for guys like us, it's we're, when we say aligned, we like mean with the gospel. 
it is so much easier to navigate life. Work gets easier. Working out at the gym somehow gets easier. Um, hobbies become more enjoyable. Dating actually gets easier too because once you get rejected, it doesn't hurt as bad. <laughs> Just, you know what you're looking for in life. Yeah. Right? Like you, you want to be able to share this with your wife. Right, you want to be able to share this with your kids, yeah. Right, and just like my family has been able to share it with me, right? Like knowing their testimonies, right? And I don't know, I don't know if I've heard all of their testimonies since becoming fully active, right? Like I heard it when I when I wasn't in the right place to hear it, right? And mm -hmm. I know I, I've heard their testimonies before, but like. I don't know if I've heard it since. You know what I mean? So it's like, and maybe those were like clues to like get me on back on the right track, right? The whole like seven or eight touches that we, that, you know, people talk about that, that seventh or eighth influence, right? And then finally something clicks. Yeah. Something starts to resonate after right? that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just, uh, I appreciate it though, man. I just, I, I'm, I'm happy that we got to share this for sure on here and I'm happy I recorded it. Um, not only just for personal reasons, but you know, to be able to share it with no, it's anybody good to, else that, that wants to wants to listen to it. This is what know? it's all about. This yeah. is this is like these basically are the reasons why I wanted to even start a podcast, and so this is perfect, and it was a no brainer, and um, I, I it's perfect too because I I always want to have a segment where we talk like kind of gospel talk, doctrine talk, whatever comes to mind, which is something I've done a lot more in the recent episodes, but I want to, it's like going to be a staple and I specifically want to end every episode along these lines. So this yeah. worked out absolutely perfectly. Well, thank you for giving me the platform. Of course, man. <laughs> Anytime. The Harper, sure? the Harper and Harper Latter-day takes, however you said it at the beginning. I can't remember. But yeah, I'm sure dude. Right. Right. Anytime. We I honestly, and I said this before, I want to have your sister on dude. Yeah. Your sister sounds like she's got some really cool personal stories mm -hmm. about her own, like path and the and journey in the church. Yeah. Like so. emailing active active missionaries. Yeah, exactly. All that, dude. I gotta hear I gotta hear all that. Which by the way, the way that story ends is incredible. And I'm not gonna spoil it now. We're gonna have her on. Seriously, we got we, we will get her on. Have you even mentioned that to her at all? I haven't yet, but I'm sure she'll listen. There you go, dude. So and well, I what's her name? Brittany. Brittany. Brittany? Yeah. Let's get you on. Okay. This is a personal invitation. Consider this your invitation. There we go. Then we'll have the it'll be the Harper Harper Harper. That's right. Except she's no, she's, a Peterson. she's Maiden Harper, so that's yeah, she's, well, she's a Peterson now. Seems like she's in she's positioned well to like name her daughter Harper though. That's a thing her, these days. Her daughter is named Harper. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> I thought you were just being stupid. No, I'm not, dude. I really had zero clue. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It's possible you mentioned that sometime and it was just in my like the subconscious. Yeah. But like, because I, I already know it's a thing that some girls like to name their kids after their maiden name, like right. the first name, if it fits well. Yeah. And I make the joke all the time that my name has morphed into the perfect little girl's name. It is. Okay, don't, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I'll be out in public. I'll be out in public places and I'll, see, I'll hear like this woman roughly my age, just out, in, out of the blue go, Harper! And I'm like, whoa, what? What'd I do? And uh, then I realized she's talking to her young six-year-old daughter. So 
anyway, yep. that's where I'm at right now. What if I named my daughter Harper? Would that be weird? Not at all. But my name's Harper. Okay. All right. It'd just be me. It'd just be me throwing in the towel. Like, all right, it's name. a girl's name. I'm done. It's a girl's name. I mean, either way, it's a it's a boy or a girl. You can name him. You could name him Harper. It could be Harper Anderson Jr. as a as a girl. As a girl, and I should call her Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Why does Junior? I mean, we're getting so off. No, we got to end this episode. Yeah, but like, we, we like this is interesting stuff to me. Like, why do why are only boys juniors? There's no there's no female equivalent to that. Sounds like we have a new next episode. It's 2023, guys. We got to freaking, we got to be progressive here. Sounds like a new episode. <laughs> I would not feel good about hey, it. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Watch out for the new episode. Drop, dropping soon. Stay tuned. Dropping soon. <laughs> We're talking about really important topics here. All right, brother. Well, thanks for again for coming yeah. on. I'm looking forward to doing this regularly. Yep. And we will. Like, we'll make it happen. Like, it'll be right. I, I don't want to carry this on my own anyway, so. I'm here for you, bub. Thanks, brother. All right. We'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in, everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going. And I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching Cause everything's changing my mind Goes to a different time Old love, I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see did you fade right out of you? If it takes time